When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. another week of Large Almond Latte. I'm your host, Nicole, and back by popular demand, this week is my Woo Girl Jess. Thanks, Mum and Dad, for writing in and convincing Nikki that I needed to be on the podcast once again. Happy to be here. Okay, rein your head in. (laughs) (laughs) To clarify, by popular demand, I mean one fan asked for her to come back and... To be fair, he didn't listen to the podcast before, Jess, but by him listening, my listenership has increased by 25%, so (laughs) I have allowed Jess to return. Now, usually when we open the podcast or when I open the podcast, I like to talk a bit about my week, but you might notice the last few weeks I have avoided doing this. I've been trying to cover it with promoting our number one voted Bachelor recaps or welcoming Jess on the pod or literally anything because... Being in Melbourne, I have exactly zero to talk about except my baby, which is the equal of me telling you about my dreams. So (laughs) I actually do have a real story to share this week and it happened in real life and not in my dreams. I've had this lump in my arm for like four or five months and because of COVID, I just didn't do anything about it. And I watch a lot of Dr. Pimple Popper, so I was also pretty sure I could manage it on my own, obviously. Yes. No, you're correct. It did not work. I started like clawing at it, thinking, I could dig a hole and like with my nail and it would just pop out. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So as you guessed, it did not work. And so then my friend posted a story on Facebook about cancer tests being down by 50% because of COVID. And then another friend posted that she had a precancerous tumor in her foot. And I was like, this is a sign. So I booked a doctor's appointment immediately. I get to the doctor and she's like, okay, just to be safe, let's get this biopsied. And we cut it out. And my anxiety is obviously heating up faster than Gordon Ramsay's temper at this point. <laughs> and she's cutting away, looks at me, and I'm like, what do you, what do you think it is? And she goes, 
deadpan. I think it's precancerous unless it's already spread. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. So mad at myself. But also I had five days to simmer. So I had a whole five days of anxiety, yeah. and I became so well acquainted with Dr. Google. Like I could probably work for Dr. Pimple Popper now. I know every kind of lump and bump you can possibly get. And then I even like had the chat with my boyfriend. I was like, you are never going to find another wife. You will be a single dad for Ever. I will haunt you. Yes, I will haunt you if you ever so much as look at another girl. <laughs> but all jokes aside, it was actually awful. Then after three days, my doctor in classic her form just sends me a text, benign. And the no. relief, <laughs> the relief, oh my God, it was better than when you get to go to the toilet after you've, you've been holding it for hours. But the moral of the story if something isn't right, just go to the fucking doctor. It's easier than doing your taxes. Just go, just get it done. So fans, we have one favor again to ask you this week. It's the same favor we've been asking the last few weeks. Please take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to the podcast and post it on your IG stories, tagging us at Large Almond Latte Media. Obviously, this helps us with free advertising and increasing our listeners, but I have a very legitimate reason for asking. Our best friend Pete Evans has a podcast and at the moment he is higher than us in the charts. And personally, I just feel like it's really irresponsible of you fans if you don't try and eliminate him from people's airwaves. So I guess if you don't share yourself listening to the podcast, it's just really on your own conscience. podcast, we discuss your laziest skills that actually aren't lazy at all. Rather, they make us elite in efficiency. Then we share your hidden gem podcasts that you all need to subscribe to immediately. And finally, I review the greatest love story on Netflix right now, My Octopus Teacher. This week, I found myself Googling how to lose weight without trying. Don't judge me. Oh, we've all been there. (laughs) Because when I exercise, I actually do love doing it, but there is nothing I hate more than starting exercise after a period of being really unfit. And after having a baby and being under house arrest for basically this whole year, it's safe to say I am no Kieran Perkins right now. (laughs) And honestly, there were so many results. I mean, I guess because it's quite a popular Google, (laughs) embarrassingly, but they were like, drink more coffee, sleep lots. Obviously, I do both of those things and they are not helping. And then I came to and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Go for a run, you lazy bitch. You'll be pleased to know I did shut my laptop. I obviously didn't go for a run, but the good news is I got a segment out of it for this week. So fans, this week we asked you in the Facebook group, what is your laziest life skill? And then when the responses started rolling in, I realized we're not lazy at all. We're actually highly efficient. We are living by a life philosophy that I bet Voltaire himself wished he would have thought of. We're minimizing time doing things we don't like so we can maximize time doing things we do like, like sleeping. Mm -hmm. The quote of the week, which is an award I just made up, goes to fan Mia and she said, I prioritize sleep over everything because that is all of us. We're so elite in the work week with our morning routine. We've refined everything to a point where our sleep is maximized, yet we still turn up to work looking fine enough to be your work crush, which we are. (laughs) Not like we just rolled out of bed five minutes ago, which we absolutely did. 
And you'll notice that I'm talking about going to work, not working from home, because I'm 100% done with this lockdown season and I do not want to talk about it anymore. So let's pretend we don't work in our bedrooms and we all still go to our office to work. Firstly, you have to prepare as much as possible the night before. Snacks, lunch, bag packed, it needs to be ready to go. Your clothes all need to be laid out. You do not have time in the morning to be knee deep in the laundry basket looking for a clean bra because that is precious sleep time lost. Now, unless you're like a natural 12 out of 10 and you know it, you're probably going to put a lick of makeup on in the morning. I've spoken about this on the episode, It's Time for a Makeup Routine, but I cannot recommend any more strongly getting a lash lift. It eliminates the use of mascara, huge win, plus you don't have to remove the mascara at the end of the day, and it lasts twice as long as false eyelashes. So the look we're going to go for before work is the look alive professional. So for looking alive, you're going to want like a dab of concealer or a pot under your eyes, depending on how good your jeans are and how much you slept the night before, and probably a smidge of color on the cheeks. Then for the professional element, we want a lick of lip tint. Obviously, all application is done by the finger because a brush is more work and more washing. You want to get this routine to under five minutes, like Fan Janine. And Jess, you reckon you can nail the under five minute routine. I can, but I will also add, I've skipped putting on mascara in favor of wearing glasses. So now I just get really colorful glasses that just cover up my eyes because I've got small eyes. I'm not good at mascara and this way. So I've eliminated eye makeup And I feel like it's so easy to get glasses. Like you can pop into your OVSM and pretend that you can't read the lines. (laughs) Or you could just do what I did when I was like 14 years old and didn't need glasses and just get someone's with no No. prescription in the lens. (laughs) But that is another good tip. If some people are very amateur with application of makeup, you might need to do it in your bathroom. But obviously, the more effective route is to do it in the car or public transport. And fans, we have two literal makeup application gods among us (laughs) because Marissa and Carly not only put their makeup on on public transport on the way to work, they do winged eyeliner on the tram. I can't. That's amazing. I can't even do it in my bathroom without looking like a three-year-old has drawn on me in a Sharpie. (laughs) This is professional level and Marissa and Carly, you tie for the award of most efficient makeup application, which is another award I just made up because I'm feeling so generous today. Speaking of public transport, our number one contributor fan, Polina, has weighed in here and she is doing absolutely nothing to rectify the nerd image she created for herself (laughs) last week. So... Polina is not a fan of running, but honestly, there is nothing worse than running and making the train and then having to work so hard to control your breathing so everyone on the carriage can't see how puffed you really are from running those 10 meters. Although at least you made it. There's nothing worse than running and people have seen you miss it. Yes. Like, just don't run. So (laughs) Polina, being the nerd she is, has the smarts to avoid even the smallest of trots because I guess she gets to avoid that embarrassment of missing the train. But the way she does it is by pulling out the old Texas instrument and calculating how much time she actually needs to get ready, depending on where she goes, what she needs to wear, like full calculus style. (laughs) I know. Like, I really feel like the avoidance of running is cancelled out with the work required to calculate avoiding that run. But I mean, I guess if you like maths, it's not hard work. So good for you, Polina. (laughs) Let's talk about breakfast options because there are a few different pre-work breakfast options depending on your situation. But I think it's safe to say that none of them involve eating smashed avocado and corn fritters on your balcony while you read the morning paper or Instagram. Oh my god, like in every American movie, 
movie, they're sitting down at the table pouring or- orange juice, pancakes, toast. Nobody but does that. But they also never eat it. Like it's in true. every single movie, they sit down to this table with a pancake stack of like 20 pancakes for three people and then they end up grabbing a banana or yeah, something and, and they off. never eat it. Yeah. Such a waste of food. We are also not wasteful with our food. So Fan Moni will only eat cereal for breakfast before work because toast, which takes three minutes to cook, takes too long. That doesn't make sense. Right? Like for me, I'll make toast and then go and do something and then I'll eat it in the car. Yeah, 100%. But, but I think we have found our queen of morning efficiency because Moni works two minutes from her house so she wouldn't even have time to finish the toast. Yes. So Moni has selected her workplace based on sleep maximization in nah, the morning. 100%. No, nah, I respect She's that. She's a queen. Yeah. So another option I'm really fond of is making breakfast at work because it's a double win. You get more sleep time at home and less time doing work at work. I'm going to one up and say buy breakfast at work because then you're not even wasting time making it. Oh no, Jess, live that frugal life. (laughs) I even steal other people's muesli to maximize the frugal. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're onto the morning coffee, which again is where like... I'm torn because coffee at home is the most frugal option, which is the club I subscribe to religiously. I'm a gold tier member, but it's really time consuming. (laughs) The coffee on the way to work is also time consuming and money consuming, but the quality and convenience of not being your own waitress is very handy. I'm going to admit as well, way to work, there's certain bodily functions that might occur before work. Not sure if I'm keen on doing that if I'm going to be on public transport. Oh, because you get the coffee and then you need to poopy? Yeah. Well, Queen Moni, she suggests the coffee at work, always. It's got pros. Again, it's free and it minimizes your work time when you go to make the coffee. Yeah. The downside, like the biggest downside for mine is there's a 96% chance that coffee will taste like liquid cardboard. (laughs) And if you are a drinker of Bogan Dust, aka Nescafe, or me until two weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) Or notice how she wasn't on the podcast until she stopped drinking Mocha I just can't. Like, it's it's not for Look, I admit you're right. I've seen the air of my ways. Sorry, just going to let you guys know I got a coffee machine. Nikki has been bugging me about it. It definitely yes. changed my life. She's right. Like, it's it's like a fake bag. It's like if you had a wardrobe full of fake Chanel's, I don't think I could be friends with you. No, my husband Will and I are now like, what we love most is number one, our dog, number two, our mattress, number three, our coffee machine, number four, each other. Yeah, mine goes something like that as well, but I also have several houseplants in the mix and my child's in there somewhere. (laughs) If any of us were on MasterChef, which... Through weeks and weeks of questions, it's quite clear none of us ever would be. Too much work. Too much work and (laughs) none of us can cook, to be blunt. But we would all be disqualified immediately because not only can we not cook, we have deplorable culinary habits. While, yes, they are efficient, we could not even get a job being underpaid by George Columbaris with these skills. (laughs) And, okay, I'm being really – I'm being a bit rough – But when I say we, I'm actually mainly talking about me. And look, I know I didn't want to talk about lockdown, but now I am. Uh, Because of lockdown, all I do is cook my own meals. And I am so sick of being the chef in my house and not getting paid. So I am taking all the shortcuts in the kitchen that I previously would have whipped myself for, for even entertaining the thought of pre-lockdown. Like pre-lockdown, Nicole would have told you that a freezer is for ice cream and meat. 
lockdown, Nicole will tell you a freezer is for frozen meals. Oh my God, no. We got a chest freezer and we are not going back. All the meat, frozen meals, anytime Yuck. I want to go to it. No, it's amazing. I'm like, I go shopping and I shop like the world is ending, which it kind of is, but like three weeks worth of food done. I fucking hate the supermarket. So now it's all just ready. The supermarket is literally my only outing for the week. I live for it every day. And also, like, when I go to the supermarket, Al gets free fruit. So sometimes I make excuses just so I can go and get her her daily mandarin and I don't have to buy fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Back to frozen meals. Even though I'm really into them, I also realistically know that they're disgusting (laughs) and it doesn't matter how gourmet the packaging is or how fresh you try and tell me it is. It's like Adidas two striped pants. Like they're just not quite right. <laughs> Look, it's low. I'm very aware it's low. But sometimes you've got those nights where it's just like, oh my God, do I want to like cook the same three meals that I know? Or do I just want a frozen lasagna and watch Bachelor? Okay. Yes. But I've been doing something that's actually even worse than the frozen meal. What? The powdered pasta. So <laughs> it's, it's low. It's so embarrassing. But obviously like... I've spoken about my mum having a really limited culinary repertoire. And growing up, I feel like we had a lot of spaghetti Alfredo from the packet. So, you know, I'm just doing what I was raised to do. And I've been getting these continental carbonara packets where you literally (laughs) The bogan side. Yes, the bogan side. You just add milk and butter. Like, it's not even real food. Well, no, milk and butter is cooking. I get the mac and cheese packets. That's literally noodle in the microwave with with the powder. That's it. You're adding milk and butter to a powder. It's so (laughs) off but I look I am not actually the only one with questionable habits Dan Stephanie hates wasting time chopping vegetables yeah fair call like when I chop vegetables I always pretend that I'm on a cooking show but I'm really shit at chopping so it doesn't work out so because she doesn't like chopping she's in an exclusive relationship with onion powder and minced garlic and I feel that rivals a a powdered sauce, right? Mm, look, I've seen Stephanie's Instagram. It's hardcore. It's like Provador style. Right, she knows what she's doing. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. What fan Marissa, she has a, mandal- a mandolin to chop her vegetables and there's really nothing off about that because her vegetables are fresh and not frozen. It sounds like one of those things you buy on the Home Shopping Network at like 11.30. Yeah, you can also get them at Safeway. Yeah, I would okay. know. I'm there a lot. <laughs> okay, I have a really good would you rather. Would you rather have a personal chef or a cleaner? Whoa. Okay, I'm going to go clean up because if everything else oh, is done, then no. all I need to do is cook. No. I think you're either lazy with food or you're lazy with cleaning. Like Fan Moni said, it sounds like I'm really lazy, but I'm not. Get me to clean the house. Anything, I'm down. Same with me. Like I would take a personal chef every day of the week. How do you think famous people have such hot bods? Actually, personal yeah. Personal chef. Yeah. All right. You flip me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Also, on a slightly unrelated note, um, when is HelloFresh going to sponsor this show? We're ready. (laughs) We are so ready. Okay, there is one more lazy skill I want to share, which is from Fan Christina. And this skill actually makes our list of life rules. It's number 302. (laughs) And it is never take more than one trip. Whether it's laundries or groceries, bringing bags up from the car, always one trip. Firstly, you're saving yourself the time of making two trips, but also you're carrying so much weight. It's an unknowing workout. And as you will know... I like working out and exercising and losing weight without even knowing I'm doing it. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you listen to more than one podcast. You have the same view on rotation, but when you've listened to your episodes for the week, trying to find something else to listen to is like being a blockbuster on a Friday night. In like 1996. 
Yes. <laughs> you really just want to get home with your Maltesers and pizza and start watching something, but you spend hours trying to pick something, much to your impatient parents' dismay. So fans, with your assistance in the Facebook group, we've put together a list of hidden gem podcasts that you're probably not already listening to and you won't find in the top 10. We're not going to read all of them out, but head to the show notes at lardamandlatte.com to find the complete list. Our first category is conversations and our first podcast is David Tennant does a podcast recommended by Fan Carly. If you haven't heard of David Tennant, it's probably because you're not a giant nerd. He's a former Doctor Who and frequent player in the British crime series scene, like the kind that your nana watches on ABC with a nice cup of tea. I am that nana. I love British crime. Yeah, I can definitely recommend Broadchurch. <laughs> it's really good. And it also stars Olivia Coleman, who yes. is the stepmom in Fleabag. Most recently, though, he plays Scottish serial killer Dennis Nielsen in Des, which you can watch on Stan. And honestly, I found this show really disturbing to watch because David Tennant has level 11 hot nerd sex appeal and it's a very confusing emotion to be attracted to a serial killer. (laughs) Please also see Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy for this feeling. Yes. So that's David Tennant and he does a podcast and it's not a groundbreaking concept. He's having conversations with celebrities, but they're... Yeah. FOMO. But there are two reasons why I really like this podcast. Well, three, obviously, David Tennant's Scottish accent is WAP inducing. (laughs) The celebrities he interviews aren't media whores. Now, don't get me wrong, they are 100% A grade. There are exactly zero blue tick wannabes in this lineup, so he could obviously never interview us. But he has Dan Levy, Judy Dench, James Corden, and former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. That's they, rich, like it's quality. That is a classy breed of celebs, right? Yeah. It's not likely you'll ever read about their personal lives on Perez Hilton. Which leads me to the other reason I really like it. The conversations are really refreshing and insightful, which, unlike this podcast, they don't use a lot of the word like. Is it like Parkinson vibes? That's like, what I'm hearing. Um, I don't watch that show. So <laughs> I don't know. It's nothing too involved. It's just a really feel-good conversation to listen to while you're doing your Sunday clean. And I highly recommend the episode with Dan Levy, not just because I stand Dan Levy so much, but hearing David Tennant attempt Moira's David in his Scottish accent (laughs) alone is worth it. The next genre we have is the pop culture genre. And look, this next podcast, you probably have heard of it by now, but when I wrote this It was a bit quieter, but she's absolutely exploded, and the podcast is so dramatic with Megan Pistetto. Chris Jenner works hard, but Megan Pistetto works harder. This girl does not sleep. She has more spies than the KGB working around the clock to bring us the hottest tea from the reality TV Blue Tick Brigade. Off the top of my head, these are a few of the bombs that she's brought to us this season of The Bachelor. Lockie's peen is more contagious than Corona. Despite filming, he's been spreading his little locks all over the country. Megan has DMs and voice memo from girls everywhere. Bella had it in her contract that she had to make the final two. At least four girls walked off the show this season that we weren't shown because Channel 10 are working for 2020 and wanted to punish us by giving us the most dry white bread season ever. Honestly, the list goes on. And I think maybe this season of Bachelor wouldn't have been so boring if they had gotten Megan into the editing room. While the podcast drops once a week, she's also got a Facebook group and an Instagram page where the teapot is continuously pouring. Also in the Facebook group, there's a bunch of blue tickers, which really legitimize it 
it. My favorite of which is Jamie from Batch and Batch in Paradise, who is as active as Lockie's peen, but unlike Lockie, is actually great value. Honestly, the drama on the podcast is so ridiculous and removed from reality, ironically, that for the past few weeks, it's made me forget that I live in Melbourne for half an hour a week. Highly recommend it. Next up, we have How to Live. And much like Paris Hilton, the How to Live girls do not deserve to be grouped in with the ex-reality TV show contestants in the Instagram Blue Tick Club. Jess and Steph Dadden are the original Australian influencers. They had huge success around 2012-2014 and then I feel like they went a bit quiet publicly but they've definitely been working in the background casually building a fashion empire. Oh, I was all over the tubes. Like, they were the best Yeah, so they are behind the tubes shoes. So now they're back in the public sphere with their podcast How to Live and if you're a fan of our podcast, I think you'll like theirs. They chat about work, fashion, life, like the standard female millennial interests and I just want to digress to touch on something that they spoke about in their most recent episode because as a huge fan of not wasting my time, it's a concept really dear to my heart and that is the four-day work week. Mm -hmm. So it sounds really lazy at first, but it's not at all. It's actually really efficient, which is why fans, I think you'll also really like it. There's a bunch of research into productivity that suggests that we're only productive for, get this, an absolute maximum of three hours a day. It's probably pushing it with me. Well, most of the research actually suggests it's more like 1.5 hours, which... (laughs) Like, I know this is great because it comes from a peer-reviewed journal, but I feel a bit like, yeah, no shit. That's true. (laughs) Because we all know that we spend like at least 70% of our workday talking about Netflix or bitching about our colleagues. But the girls speak this truth we all know. When it comes to the 9 to 5 workday, there's like this imaginary leash between you and your desk. It doesn't matter how busy you are or even if you're twiddling your thumbs or talking to your colleagues, you're still at your desk. You, You still like can't leave the workplace, which when you think about it is so stupid and really ineffective. And I think a reason that it is so ineffective is because the concept of the nine to five work week stemmed from the industrial revolution, which began in 1760. In 1760, people also believed potatoes caused leprosy. The earth was the center of the universe and you could cure illness with the tobacco enema. So, you know, research and time becomes a pretty handy thing. So this is where the thinking from people who haven't been dead for 300 years comes into play. And the girls talk about this Kiwi, Andrew Barnes, who was like, 90 minutes a day does not feel like a lot. What can we do about this? And like Van Polina, he pulls out the old Texas instrument and he works out that if he could incentivize staff, he would only need to get them to work 40 more minutes a day to be more productive than they are currently being. So he incentivizes them with this four-day work week. And what do you know? They are more productive than they are in a five-day work week. Also, if you're a woman that's going back to work after they've had their baby, it makes the playing field so much more even. So I would just, I strongly suggest you give this podcast a listen, then subtly slide the episode into your boss's DMs too. Okay, Jess, you're going to love this one. I'm excited already. It's called Would You Rather, and it's by Monica O'Hanlon, who created this whole podcast from her bedroom in Queensland during lockdown. Would You Rather is my favorite game. So obviously, if there was a podcast based on the game, I was going to find it. Oh, literally, and- <laughs> when Will and I met on Tinder, all we did was Would You Rathers for like 10 days. It 
it never gets old. Yep. But just like the game, this podcast is equal parts ridiculous, hilarious, and at times it's very difficult to make a decision. And just like some of my favorite Goosebumps books, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Yay! So you get to play a social media influencer, our dream, <laughs> called Chastine, and she's attending a New Year's Eve party in 2011. At the end of each episode, you're given a choice, and each option sends you to a different numbered episode, and overall there are 23 or 24 different storylines, but they all interconnect. That's so clever. It's so clever. Like it hurts my brain thinking about how you would do that. Like when I watched Bandersnatch, I just, I got so stressed thinking about how they would come up with all the different. Yeah. Was it? I feel like we're obviously proof that you can make an elite podcast with zero budget, but Monica really goes the extra mile. There's heaps of really clever sound effects and she's cut celebrity interviews to fit into the stories. It's so funny. I was listening to this podcast and walking along and I realized I must look like such a weirdo laughing to myself, but I was <laughs> laughing at the podcast. It's just really light and fun. And that one was recommended to us by Fan Adrian. Next up, we have the category of storytelling and we have something a little bit different, a fucking terrifying podcast. It's called the No Sleep Podcast and it's actually been around for quite a while, but because it's American, it's not quite as popular in Australia. Basically, each episode, the narrators read out the scariest stories from Reddit or they also have a place on their website where you can submit your own scary story. Like true scary or like ghosts? Okay, like any any scary story. So, right, like you look apprehensive and I was too. At first I was like, mm, I can count on one finger how many times I got scared of a scary story at school camp. <laughs> but this podcast does not disappoint you. Every time I listen, I go in thinking I'm not going to be scared of this one and I cannot sleep. True to name, it is terrifying. Okay, like I said, we have plenty more in the show notes, but the last one I'm going to talk about today is obviously the true crime category. I mean, what kind of basic white bitch would I be if I didn't talk about (laughs) a true crime podcast? And it's called Naked City. John Sylvester, he's the dad that answers his front door holding a shotgun when his teenage daughter's formal date turns up. He's also Australia's longest serving true crime reporter. He's a bit like Switzerland because he's in with the popo, but also in with the criminals. He's got the receipts. He's got the receipts. And each ep, he deep dives into a different story with his dry slash terrifying sense of humor. My favorite episode isn't actually crime. He interviews David Key, who was the wincher on over 400 police rescues. What does that mean? So the wincher is the guy that's on the end of the rope of the rescue helicopter, like Ashton Kutcher in that Guardian movie. So the, like... Okay. If there's a police rescue, he's the one saving people and he's the one in the water. So he's telling these stories about Sydney to Hobart rescues and all these near-death experiences. It was so captivating. I was listening in the car and even when I arrived at my destination, Nando's, (laughs) I vividly remember this. I... I get out for food. Like, I want my food. But I was so captivated, I had to keep listening like a stun mullet. It was that good. Fans, if you have any other Hidden Gem podcasts, feel free to slide into our DMs or comment on the Facebook page, and we will add it to this list on our website. I like to take a nap most days because I can. So I popped my octopus teacher on in the background thinking that the soothing narration would put me to sleep. I was so wrong because I did not sleep a wink. 
The story follows Emmy-nominated documentarian Craig Foster, who goes through a period of mental exhaustion. Over a two-year span, he never wants to see another camera or editing room again, and he realizes that he's no good to his family in that state. To reclaim his health, he decides to move back to his childhood home off Cape Town in South Africa, where his fondest childhood memories were spent swimming in the rock pools. He makes a pact with himself that while he's there, he will swim every day in the kelp forest to get close to nature again. Craig comes across as this gentle, soothing, calm man, but he is such a boss. Those waters are some of the most dangerous in the world. It actually makes Bondi look like a kiddie pool. Not to mention what lies beneath the water. There are more sharks than Shark Week, but he's so chill. Oh yeah, and every day he swims without a wetsuit in temperatures of 8 degrees. It's underwater that he develops a life-changing relationship with an octopus. Yes, I did say octopus. He first sees her covered in shells in what he will learn months later is a defensive camouflage from predators. Day by day, they slowly build this trust, forming a bond that you won't even see in a David Attenborough documentary. The octopus, who is a female but has no name, begins by letting Craig touch one arm while her body's safely tucked away in her den, and then slowly she comes out further and further, and eventually they're at a point where she's following Craig around, she lets Craig touch her whole body, and if she's hunting, she will even give up what she's doing to go and have a cuddle with Craig when she sees him. In an interview with CNN, Craig said, when she chooses to let you into her world, it's a very, very special moment of not just being accepted, but that your presence to her also feels natural, like you belong in that space with her. And oh my God, I can't. I'm not going to give the story away, but I was on the edge of my seat. Well, I wasn't. I was lying on my couch underneath my Kmart blanket, but it's a wild ride. It creates such a strange emotion because the story is such an emotional roller coaster that you should be so hyped up watching it, but it's also in such juxtaposition to the calming presence of Craig and the beautiful visuals of the water. The very fact that I am raving about a love story between a man and a common octopus is such a testament to the storytelling and filmmaking skills of the crew. It's written and directed by Pippa Elrich and James Reed and coloured by Kyle Strobel, which, yes, is a very strange thing to call out, but when you watch it, you'll see that the colouring definitely deserves a call out. The film was a labour of love, taking eight years to make. Who takes eight years to do anything. We don't even stay in jobs for eight years. We don't stay in relationships for eight years. But the relationship itself between Craig and the octopus takes place over the space of a year. I am not a crier unless someone's being mean to me or giving me negative feedback. But by the end of this film, I was Kim Kardashian crying. Absolutely inconsolable. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen. 9.5 out of 10. I suggest you go and watch it immediately. Now, go. Thanks for listening to Large Almond Latte. If you loved the podcast, which we really hope you do, it would mean the world to us if you dropped us a five-star review and rating. Don't forget to follow us on social media in our Facebook group, Large Almond Latte, or on the gram at Large Almond Latte Media. That's where we drop our questions each week and your responses help form our content. We've also got heaps more low-involvement entertainment on our website, largealmondlatte.com.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.